have a Bible this morning, find the book of Romans, and we're going to get to chapter 10 in just a minute. We are going to jump around today in the scripture. We're going to be in a number of different places, uh, and that is on purpose because today is really about kind of building a case for something, uh, something that is massively important to us as a church. In fact, if you have not been coming to our church very long, or maybe this is even your first time here today, it's a great week for you to be here because you are going to get a glimpse into the heartbeat of who we are as a church family and why we exist. Things are different from church to church. Now, you know, all, all Christian churches, you know, they, they will say the Bible is our whatever, that is the center of, of who we are and all that type of stuff. But every church kind of has a different focus and, and some of that type of stuff. And, and so we just want to lay out for you today really the center of who we are as a church family. Uh, and, and let me... Let me start by saying this. A year ago, in fact, January 16th, 2022, which is like almost exactly a year ago today, we unveiled a, a direction that we felt like our church family was to head for the next five or so years. Our leadership had been praying and fasting and dreaming, and we felt clearly that God was leading us to focus on three specific things. And we'll get to this in a second. Go ahead and put that next screen or slide up here for me. Uh, three parts. This was a year ago, and so today's a little bit of a recap and, a, and an update on some of this. Three parts, three focuses, three things that we were to focus on over the next few years. First was what we called Kingdom Builders Strategic Giving, and we're going to talk about that significantly today. In fact, you have a little thing, something that was on your chair when you walked in. We're going to get to those at the end of the service, and that's going to be super helpful. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to kind of skip that one for right now. But the second part was to plant or revitalize churches around us in Central Minnesota, uh, to have a bigger impact than just Sox Center is what we were talking about. 2019, we added a second location to our church in Long Prairie. If you didn't know that, we have a service that's going to be starting there in just a few minutes, and we have a pastor, two pastors that live in Long Prairie, and they are pastors of that church in Long Prairie, but we are also very much together uh, in the way that we do things. At that location, by the way, uh, from 2021 to 2022, they experienced a 33% increase just in weekly attendance in a year. That's that place over there. Okay, 27% increase in just general fund giving, people giving to the church. Uh, that's incredible stuff that we just have been excited about. That church has momentum and excitement. People are finding Jesus, and it has been a really cool thing to just kind of be a part of, even though I'm not a part of it, if you know what I mean. Okay, and so it's been a really cool thing. But part of the direction of our church is in the future, we feel like God is leading us to have a bigger impact in central Minnesota. And uh, most of you know that we have started meeting once a month in Bruton on Sunday evenings. And that, in fact, that's going to be next Sunday night. We're going to be meeting on, uh, later in the afternoon over there, doing services. We don't know exactly where, where that's headed and what that's going to look like. We're just trying to follow what God would have for us there. Um, I'm not going to say a whole lot more, but we have, we have some other things that are possibly in the works that you could hear about over the next number of months, too, when it comes to this right here, central Minnesota, planting churches where there aren't any, uh, or revitalizing those that are really struggling. That's a part of our heart. Okay, the third part is what we call sending ministry people out of our church. And, and I'm trying to go faster this because we've got to get to the Bible. Uh, but if you were here last Sunday 
and I was not, uh, but if you were here last Sunday, you heard uh, some missionary friends of ours stand up in front right here and basically say, we were sitting there in the fourth row, right in the center, less than a year ago, and God rocked our world. And as we speak today, they are around the world in the Middle East now, have moved there as full-time missionaries out of the fourth row right here. And this is what we believe and have been praying that God would do in our church and through our church. We have a pretty large number of others who are in Bible college, taking Bible training. Some are further along than others, but behind the scenes, you, you don't see this very often. Uh, you know, you don't see what's happening. Things are happening in this area of our church family. Our church is becoming a sending church, and we knew that was going to happen. We could feel it coming, and, which is why this just became a focus. We, we are becoming a sending church, people in our church family who are becoming pastors, becoming missionaries, becoming these types of things in that way, okay? All right, so we've called our series today to and through, to and through. And this has been a series about giving. And last week, if you were here, uh, Pastor Corey actually spoke, and he spoke about giving to our church. Uh, that's just giving in the normal offering. Uh, Today is about what we call kingdom builders. It's really about giving through our church. Uh, and that's enough of an introduction. Let's, I'm, I'm done. I'm putting an end to the introduction here. I have long introductions and people know that. And look, he's clapping in the front row as I'm going to be done. And so will you just, will you please stand with me and we're just going to open this part in prayer and uh, just get to the Bible, and I believe that this is going to be significant for somebody here today. I truly do. And so let's just pray. God, we open our hearts, our minds. We focus our attention on you and what you would want to do and want to say to us today. And so, Lord, with everything that we are, we, we desire to bring you glory and honor and praise. And so, God, Help us to prepare ourselves for what you, would, what you would do. And so we give this to you, God, in your name we pray. Amen, amen. All right, give somebody a high five and have a seat. <coughs> okay, here we go. Come back to me. There's a reason we only did three songs this morning, and that's because I basically went to Jeremy and said, I got about two hours worth of stuff, and I don't know what I'm going to do. So I'm just going to need you to follow along. Are you ready? You're lucky here in the first service because there's a second service after you and I can't keep you much longer, but you know what I mean. Second service, all bets are off for them. Who knows what's going to happen, but uh, this morning is about what we call kingdom builders, and I want to start by just explaining that phrase because for some of us, that might be confusing. If you read, if you read in the scripture the life of Jesus and you read the things that he said, the things that he did, uh, you see this phrase, the kingdom of God, come up over and over and over again. In fact, you could argue that the kingdom of God was what Jesus was about and why he came. It was his mission. It was his purpose. Uh, let me kind of rapid fire you a handful of verses out of about a hundred. Okay, Mark chapter one, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The word good news there is also often just translated the gospel. 
the gospel. So what is the gospel that Jesus is proclaiming? Okay, the time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. The gospel is actually best defined, not as Jesus died for our sins and we can go to heaven and all that. The gospel scripturally is best defined as the kingdom of God is here. All right, Uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 1, soon after Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. This is what Jesus was announcing to the people as he traveled. Luke chapter 9, one day Jesus called together his 12 disciples, gave them power and authority to cast out all demons, to heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God. You see this phrase, the kingdom of God. Acts chapter one, during the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. Okay, Jesus dies on the cross is what we have. And he reappears for 40 days before he leaves for heaven. And and he's going to, okay, he proves to the apostles in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. This is over and over again, Acts chapter 28. Now we get out of Jesus' life and now we're into the apostle Paul way later on. For the next two years, Paul lived in Rome at his own expense. He welcomed all who visited him, boldly proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. A few years ago, now we did an entire series of messages, three or four weeks, where we talked about this phrase, the kingdom of God. But just to get where we need to get quickly today, write this down if you're taking notes, the mission of Christians and the Christian church is to build the kingdom of God. Like if you wanted to simplify that, okay, you would just say this is, this is what we are and what we are to do as Christians and as a church. We are to be kingdom builders. We're to build and proclaim and all of that. So then the question then becomes, what does this look like? What does this mean for us as Christians to build the kingdom of God or to teach the king, proclaim in that way? Uh, And we look to the scripture to answer that question. And it can mean all sorts of things, actually, in, in this one phrase. Part of this phrase of building the kingdom of God is absolutely spreading the message of Jesus to the world around us. Absolutely. In fact, the last thing that Jesus said when he was on earth to his closest followers, he says, go into all the world and preach the good news of the kingdom of God. So telling that is a part of it. We are asked to proclaim the message that Jesus came, that Jesus died, that he rose again, and what that means. Okay? The, the Bible has a word that it uses to describe people who have not yet responded to the, the message of Jesus. The Bible has a word it uses. It uses the word lost. Those people who have not yet responded to that, the Bible calls them lost. And when we talk about lost people, and that was a fast transition here on purpose, okay? When we talk about lost people, we have different categories of people who are lost. And again, lost is what the Bible uses to describe people who have not yet responded in the right way to this message of Jesus. Okay, different categories. The first group is a group of people in our world who has never, ever heard the message of Jesus. They've never heard it even one times. In fact, Romans chapter 10, this is what I had you turn to to start. Verses 14 and 15 says this, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? 
how can they believe in the one they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? How can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This is crazy deep stuff here. Theological implications everywhere here of why we believe what we believe in different ways. Okay, But the 32nd version of this is how can people respond to the message of Jesus if they have never heard the message of Jesus? That's the idea here. How can they respond in that way? Okay. Now, let me illustrate this in this way. Uh, slavery in America is a sickening part of our past. Uh, it, it's a horrible thing. I, I dare you to read about it. There's amazing s- stories of horrible things. There's also amazing stories of people who did pretty amazing things in the midst of slavery. People who risked their lives to free other people. People who worked hard to abolish slavery. But one of the dates that stands out in history, American history of of American slavery is June 19th, 1865. And for a couple of us, you're like, I know what that is. And most of us in this place, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. June 19th, 1865, okay, slaves were finally free. It was a moment to celebrate. It was a moment that would change the future of many. It was a moment in history. But here's what makes that particular moment historical. June 19, 1865, slaves in Galveston, Texas, finally received the news that they were free. Okay, but here's the catch. This was Two full years after President Abraham Lincoln's emancipate, emancipate, whatever proclamation. <laughs> Two years after that, these people finally heard that they were free. Two years. This was a full year after the Senate passed the 13th Amendment, abolishing slavery. 12 full months after that, six months after it was actually passed through the House of Congress, these people, these slaves were free, but nobody had told them. What they needed was someone to come and someone to tell them. And the latest research would say that there are over 3 billion people in our world, okay? Four out of 10 people in our world have not even heard one time the message of Jesus, that that God loves them and Jesus came and died. Okay, like let me be clear about this and we're kind of building a, a mountain up to the top with this today. As Christians and as a church, part of building the kingdom of God is telling people who have never ever even heard one time. Now let me be clear about this. This is not your next door neighbor. This is not the person that you work with. This is not the person in your family. We're talking about people who have, who if you would say, have, I ever, have you ever heard of the name Jesus? They would say, I've never heard that name. There's a difference in some of this. The, the, these are people who have never even heard once. In fact, most are people who don't even have access to it. They don't have a church in their city. They don't know a single Christian person. Many don't even have the Bible in their language. Part of building the kingdom of God as Christians and as, and as Christian churches is, us, is prioritizing those who have never had a chance to hear that Jesus loves them and that he died. Second group to the word lost. 
Second group, that was the first, they'd never ever even heard. Second group, I would say it this way, there are people who have heard but do not understand or have not accepted. All right? This is your neighbor, by the way. This is your family member that you think about. This is the person that you work with. That, that's who this is. People who have heard, people who more than likely grew up in a context where they know all sorts of things about Jesus and about the church, but for some reason they've never really just com- even completely connected the dots in this way, okay? Uh, these are people that if you go and you would say, have you heard of Jesus? They'd be like, yeah, that's the, he's the, the son of God, died on the cross, rose again. And they, you know, they know the story. They know the stuff. Just for some reason, they do not believe it or they do not understand it. They have not accepted it. In Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13, Jesus speaks an entire parable. He tells a story to this crowd on people who have heard we call it the parable of the sower. The parable of the sower. Jesus is teaching. I'm not going to read it, but I'm going to tell you the story quickly. Jesus is teaching this crowd of people, and he says, the word of God, it's like a seed that is scattered on the ground. And he goes on to explain that the soil in which the seed lands on, which really is our hearts as people, that has everything to do with how a person responds to hearing this message to hearing about God. And he says, the first seed was sown, it was thrown over here, but the person didn't understand it. And so the message just didn't take root. The second seed was sown, but like it was scattered over here, but things in life, in their life were just so difficult for them. Uh, the message just kind of got put to the, pushed to the side. The third seed sent, was put over here, but it was choked out by the cares of the world and the pursuit of wealth is what Jesus says. And then the fourth seed was sown and it took root and it beautifully grows into what God intended multiplying over and over and over again. Okay, what's the point in what Jesus is saying? There are people all around us, people who have heard the message of Jesus, people who know people, okay, but they need someone to help them understand it and accept it. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, so just to understand, there are different sections of this word lost, in our world that the Bible is talking about, and a part of building the kingdom of God is helping people better understand what God has done and what that means for them. Now, we could go in other directions as well in this, but we don't have time for that. Part of the building, building the kingdom of God is fighting injustice in our world. Biblically, you can make a case for that in a moment. Things in our world that are not right, that are not good. We have hunger and human trafficking and orphans and poverty and racism and lack of clean water. And we have all sorts of things. Injustices in our world. Part of building the kingdom of God as Christians is to figure some of that out and to help with some of that. Fighting that stuff. Telling those who have never heard. Helping those who have heard understand, fighting injustice, helping people in need. The call for us is to build the kingdom of God here on earth. And this can take all sorts of different shapes, okay? Like uh, we could talk about how we live our lives 
and how the way in which we live can be a witness and a help to those around us. We build the kingdom of God by, by living as God intended. We could discuss telling people about God, like personally speaking to our neighbors and explaining and helping move them along. We could talk about that. That should absolutely be part of the conversation. We can talk like about injustice and people who are hurting and in need and our responsibility to love them and to support them, and to fight for them, and to meet needs. All of that stuff is vitally important to this conversation, but today, today is really just about one angle uh, of this, something that I believe in with everything that I am, and something that as Americans can sometimes be the number one way that we help build the kingdom of God. Write this down if you're taking notes. One of the most effective ways we can build the kingdom of God is through strategic financial giving of what God has given us. In my experience, with what I've seen, with what I've been a part of, with the places I've been to, I'm convinced that as Americans, when we take what God has blessed us with and we strategically give it back, focused giving can have a massive impact on reaching those who have never heard, on helping those understand, and on really attacking and fighting injustice in our world, okay? It's not the only way, not even close to the only way, but it deserves a conversation as Christians. Scripturally, it deserves a massive conversation. And as we talked about at the beginning of the message, last year we had set up this strategic giving plan. It really was a, a brand new thing for us in a whole different way, uh, a plan to build the kingdom of God. It was an experiment is what it was. A year ago, we went into as an experiment and said, blah, and many of you were here for that. Um, and can I just tell you, it was an experiment, but it worked. It worked in an incredible way, incredibly well. In fact, let's just celebrate a little bit together. We've got to move quickly. But last year at this time, we set a goal as a church family uh, that the individuals and the families in our church would give $200,000 in 2022. That's above and beyond what was given to our church, by the way, when you understand that. That was money that was given. That, that's not money that our church, like bank, our church bank account gave. That's money that people in our church family gave, and it went straight immediately through our church to build the kingdom of God in some strategic ways. $200,000 was our goal, but we didn't give $200,000. We had over $298,000 given. Like, that's amazing. It's incredible. In fact, this isn't in my notes, but I'm just going to say this. Uh, our kids, the kids and our teenagers around here, gave over $33,000 of that. Our kids and our teenagers. And some of you are like, that doesn't make any sense. There are teenagers that I know super well in our church who gave, who gave basically over $1,000 out of their own money from working. The kids, these are kids 
who have caught in the vision of I want my life to mean something and to help somebody else and how many stinking pairs of shoes can one kid have and I'm just going to, like, seriously, seriously. It, it, I, I, was, I was blown away. Quickly, here's a glimpse into where some of those funds went. Go ahead and put that slide up. It's already up there for me. Okay, we helped with uh, disaster relief in Florida and in Ukraine. Um, we helped fund a Christian orphanage in Haiti. We helped fund the start of businesses that allowed a group of missionaries into the country of Uzbekistan. It's a closed country. The first time we've had missionaries in Uzbekistan since the early 90s. We provided medical treatment for under-resourced people around the world. We were part of rescuing and restoring sex trafficking victims overseas and in the United States. We helped translate the Bible into languages that it has never been translated into. We helped fund the planting of churches in hard-to-reach places in our world. We helped Christian homeless ministries in St. Cloud and in Minneapolis. We purchased Bibles and other resources for the Todd County Jail in Long Prairie, which we have a really cool ministry to as well, if you didn't know that. We partnered with local schools in Sox Center and Long Prairie did a school assembly, provided winter clothing for kids who didn't have that. We helped a local addiction ministry, Bible addiction ministry called Teen Challenge. We started our church in Bruton, and that's just a glimpse, like a glimpse of what we were able to do as a church. Now, put your hands together for that one more time. That's incredible. Uh, Let me focus on one project just really quick something that means a lot to me personally. Go ahead and put that next picture on the screen for me. Uh, In September, we took a team of about 10 of us to around the other side of the world to Nepal. And uh, literally halfway around the world, it was like 35 hours worth of travel, one of the worst days and a half of my life, if I'm just being honest. But okay, uh, and and we rode we rode in these four wheel drive jeeps with crazy suspension where the wheels go all crazy, you know, uh, up these steep ridges, bases of mountains where we visited these little churches and we encouraged some of the Christians there. Uh, it, Nepal is a Hindu place, and then up in the mountains on the border of China, it's filled with this, what's called Tibetan Buddhism, and it's just this nasty religion, nasty religious stuff where they're doing all sorts of just horrible stuff in the name of religion, and it's just very few Christians in Nepal. It's a closed country. You cannot go there as a missionary. You cannot evangelize. It's punishable by massive fines and prison time and all that type of stuff. One of the places we visited was this little church. And uh, on, the, on the right side here, you can see this is their church building, tin-sided nastiness, tin roof. In fact, while we were gathered together, it was pouring rain, and you almost had to shout to even talk to each other. Uh, the guy in the middle here is, is, their, is the pastor of this little church, and this guy up here lives about a, about a couple-hour walk up the mountains, uh, I was amazed at these guys, how they just fly up the mountains. It's amazing when they walk like that. But he has started another church over there. We're there and we're singing, we're singing songs together with some of their people and hearing some of the stories about how God, like my family is Buddhist and my dad was dying and this, we knew one Christian and, and this Christian found out my dad was dying and he came in and he prayed for him and my dad was like, he, he was healed. 
And my whole family changed. And now my brother, who was a, a Buddhist lama, like a teenager training to be a monk, is now a pastor of the, you know, and it was just like over and over again, you hear these stories of what in the world is going on. This place right here up in the mountains, one of the top places in the entire world for human trafficking. In fact, there's a woman, and you can't even see her in this because she's all the way on the back wall. There's a woman that's facing the other direction. She was getting some, some sodas for us and pouring them in these little metal cups, and it was kind of fun. But she walks out, and they tell us her story. And she's, she's one of seven daughters in this family. She has four older daughters, and they don't know where any of the four of them are. They were all, they're all gone. And she found Jesus and has now been training to start a ministry in her area here. As, there, as this little village right here, they figure there are over 300 girls that have been taken. It's, it's a horrible place and horrible things. They reached out to us at the end of the year. And uh, our, we have a missionary friend there. He's kind of undercover there. He's not really a missionary technically, but he's a missionary if you get it, okay? He can't be a missionary is what I mean. And he reached out and he sent a thing and said, we have this little church and they have grown and there's amazing things happening and it's a hub for this entire area and they, and they want to expand their facility and try to build something. They don't even have, they barely have lights in there. It's kind of a mess. And we were able to take as little for us as $10,000, which, which to build a building for us is like nothing. You can't even barely do a shed for that. And, they, and, and we were able to fund and they are in the process of building this, this fantastic place on this property and they, they feel this is going to be a hub that is going to reach this, in an incredible way this mountain region of 6,000 little villages in the mountains. Something that we were able to do. All of this is thoroughly vetted, uh, trusted and secure and so just don't think that we are just sending 10 grand across the world to some random guy we met who has shorts on, okay? That's not how this works. But this is an example of what we are doing to build the kingdom of God, some of it. Now let me transition a little bit. Uh, I want to shift to 2023. In your little, um, on your seat today, you would have gotten one of this. Uh, this right here is our church. This is, the, we made this. Isn't that cool? I think it looks great. I was pretty happy. We didn't even, we, and last year after we did one of these, like, Ten minutes after we got it, we found a typo. We haven't even found a typo in here. So we feel pretty good about ourselves. <laughs> but this right here, this right here is 2023. On the front, it says, for the glory of God. We haven't talked about this yet. Over the next couple weeks, we're going to talk about this phrase. And we feel like this is going to be a significant switch for our church family in the way that we think about things and the way we think about life. Okay, but in here, you can... Um, you can just read the first couple pages here. What is Kingdom Builders? This is what, we're, we're, I'm not going to read it, but you can read through this. Kingdom Builders for us is, is split into three specific areas. You can read about that on the second page. Global, local, and future. Um, global missions, that's around the world. Local community development, that also includes the United States. And so we're local here, and we include the United States. And then the future, anytime that we say the word future, that doesn't mean like 2025. That means the future generation. Future for us is kids and teenagers. And we want to equip and teach and train our future, the future of our church family to, to be people who build the kingdom of God. 
that's what we have, okay? Um, and then, if you go to the next page, go ahead and put up that next slide for me. Um, you're not going to be able to read that stuff up there, but it's just so that, you know, it kind of looks nice and you can just, you got it, okay? But in this little booklet, you can see our 2023 projects. This is, this is what we're going to be doing globally, locally, and then in the future generation, what we're doing. You can read through those. Um, I'm not going to talk about all of them, but let me just focus on a couple. Uh, the global piece of this, globally, we are helping train pastors in Africa through one of our partners called Africa's Hope. We're helping impoverished kids in Latin America, funding schools and churches there through, a play, through an organization, a partner of ours called Child Hope. We are, we are ready to respond to national disasters when they come. That was things like the hurricane stuff in Florida and Puerto Rico, the Ukraine crisis this last year. Those things weren't even on our project list last year, but we helped when that stuff came. It's just we have like a fund for that um, through Convoy of Hope. We're building a church and digging a, a water well in the South African country of Eswatini. A few years ago, this, this country was in the news as being the highest orphaned country in the world due to the AIDS pandemic. Um, all the parents were dying, and we are, we're building a church and putting a water well in a little village in Eswatini through a missionary partner that we have that is there. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. We are translating scripture. It's a passion of mine um, through a partner called Project 42. There are all sorts of languages in the world that do not have the Bible. We're part of making that happen. It's a long process. It's a slow process, and it costs money, but we want that to happen. In the next 10 years, they're predicting that that will no longer be an issue, that every, that every language you know, in the next 10 or so years is going to have the Bible. We're a part of that. Uh, rescue, rescuing sex trafficking victims worldwide through Project Rescue, one of our partners, and that's just the beginning. Like You can read through all of those projects, Okay, and they have little explanations of every one of these partners for us has been thoroughly vetted. I'm telling you, you can trust this stuff. It's been hours of prayer and communication with all sorts of places and ministries and pastors and missionaries. We're confident with this stuff. Not only that it's secure, but also that it will make an impact. It'll make an impact for Jesus and uh, in that way. We also have all sorts of local projects. That's that next page. Some of these are going to sound familiar. Um, we have a, benevol a benevolence ministry. We gave, we gave away close to $10,000 this last year to help local people who were in need. Now, that, we have a process for that. We do not just hand out cash to everyone who comes here with a sob story. Okay, We have a process. It's, um, it's handled beautifully, in my opinion. I'm, I love the way that we do our benevolent stuff. But we pay bills for people. We help people. We often have people who are who don't have a place to stay, and we put them in a hotel and help them get somewhere and all this type of stuff. That's, a, that's something that we do. Um, that's called our benevolence ministry. Um, we are planting churches in, in our area here through what we call our church multiplication uh, network and some of that. We are partnering with ICCM. That's called the Inner City Church of Minneapolis. They help with homeless people, people stuck in addiction, veterans, 
uh, under-resourced kids in Minneapolis very specifically. We have a great partnership with, with them and what they're doing. Sometimes we've uh, brought winter clothing down for them and do all sorts of things, partnering with the local schools, Sox Center, Melrose, Bruton, Long Prairie, uh, different things that we do. We partner with the local police department. We help fund something that they do every year called their child safety program, and it's something that we help pay for here. That's Sock Center, the Sock Center Police Department that we are partnering with for some of that type of stuff. We're starting a strategic ministry to the Latino community in Long Prairie. Now, if you didn't know this, Long Prairie, almost 40% of Long Prairie right now, their first language is Spanish. Isn't that absolutely crazy? In Sox Center, you don't, we don't understand this. We don't see it in this way. Long Prairie is almost, it's 40%. Some of their younger kids' classrooms are over 50% minority is what we would call that. But if it's over 50%, it's not really a minority anymore, is it? Okay? But you get it. We, and so we have some very strategic things that we are doing in Long Prairie uh, as we are trying to reach, this is local ministry, and it's a, it's a very different thing, okay? Helping with teen challenge, that's addiction stuff, place of hope, homeless stuff in St. Cloud, jail ministry to Long Prairie. We have a new partner that is ministering to the Native American community in Red Lake. Uh, global, local, also the future generation. I know I'm taking forever on some of this, and you're like, there's so much. There is so much. There really is. The future generation, we have scholarships set up for students who are pursuing ministry specifically when they leave high school. If they, are pursu- if they are going to become a pastor, a youth pastor, a missionary, we help pay for some of that for them. Uh, we also scholarship kids from our church, uh, church family to attend our, our Bible camps that we send them to, youth convention, what that's called. We have about 10 teenagers from our church going on missions trips this, this next summer. Uh, we are giving a few hundred dollars to each of them to help fund just a little bit of those trips. Work, we work with Minnesota Foster and Adoption Stuff in our church family and in our area. Uh, we're funding two ministries to under-resourced kids. Those partners are Treetop Kids and Wildwood Hills Ranch. Uh, we, like, listen to me. We are not joking around with this stuff. We are absolutely, like, we are committed to building the kingdom of God globally, locally, and in the future generation. It is our passion. It is who we are. It's what we're about. And you're going to hear us talk about this because this is just who we, like we're ready to put our, mo- our, our money where our mouth is in ways like never before for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of building the kingdom of God, for the sake of the next generation, locally, globally, more strategic, more purposeful, more effective than ever before. And here's what I know because God has put this in the hearts of our church, some of our church leaders, that the people in this church, uh, in the next couple years, there's going to be a year when we give over half a million dollars to this. Like we, we know this, to build the kingdom of God. That's above and beyond what is given to our church, that is given through our church to build the kingdom of God. Okay, uh, so, so here we go. This is... This is not a, a sales pitch. I was at, I was at a timeshare uh, not that long ago. And have you ever been to one of those timeshare shows or whatever? They're like, we'll, we'll give you a million dollars if you come sit through this 90 minutes. And eventually you're like, it's not worth it. Don't do it. You know, because they, 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 they got their sales stuff. I want nothing to do with that. I don't want that. I don't want to be that. I don't, I don't want to be guilt. I don't, wanna, I don't want manipulation. I don't want, but here, like, here's what I want. I want the people of God 
to rise up and prayerfully just say, like, God, what, what, do you, what can I do to help build the kingdom of God? Like, that's what this is for me. Uh, now, he, here's how I personally handle this. My family. Um, first, we, we tithe immediately. My, my kids tithe. When, when they get allowances for whatever their junk they do, okay, <laughs> like, like they, they immediately tithe. My, my teenagers, when they, when they got jobs, it wasn't, it wasn't like us saying, hey, you know, you should think about possibly tithing. They already had that instilled in them. They, they just do it. They, they, take, they take 10% of everything that they own, everything that they get, and they give it. And they give it, they give it immediately to the local church. It's we honoring God first. This is just a principle, okay? That's giving to the church. If you want more information about that, last week, Pastor Corey talked about that. The message got a little fruity, I heard, as he would, those of, yeah. Some of you don't know what that means because you weren't here, but it was beautifully illustrated, beautifully illustrated of God. God is just asking us to put him first. And it's this beautiful thing. We do this. We live by this. Um, that's giving to your church family so that the ministry here can be vibrant and effective so that we can have pastors that work full time and have a building to meet in. We talked about that last week, if you missed that. So we start there. And second is above and beyond that. And me, me and my wife ask God to help us make a plan. And here's our prayer. I, I think I even have it on the screen. Go ahead and put, yeah. Um, God, with my current situation, with where I'm at, with my family and my finances, what do you want me to give above and beyond to build the kingdom of God globally, locally, and in the future generation? And we then put that into our monthly budget, above and beyond giving, above and beyond what we give to the church. This is giving through the church to build the kingdom of God. And we begin to give $5, $25, $50, $500 each month, whatever we decided together with God's help, and we give that specifically to build the kingdom of God. The amount will not and should not be the same from family to, there. this is not how it works. We're in different seasons, different amounts of income, different sizes of our family, not looking for anything like that. But this, okay, it's about, it's about us as church people just saying, God, what would you have me do. And here's where I, here's why I feel like I can just unashamedly say all this type of stuff. This, this benefits me personally, zero. Okay, zero. When we give above and beyond to kingdom builders to build the kingdom of God, this is, this does nothing to make our church family, our pastors, our building more comfortable or any of that type of stuff. This is 100% like this stuff. That's all it is. And for me, I'm just passionate about us learning to build the kingdom of God. Now, along with that, along with this type of stuff, you've got this cool commitment card. It always feels weird talking about these type of things. You know, it's, it's like, again, things feel so salesy when you, anytime you talk about this, I hate that feeling. Uh, but for us, it is significantly helpful for us to know when people are, are 
when God has moved them to give monthly to this type of stuff, it helps us be able to know what we can do and how we can handle this type of stuff. That's all that this is, okay? As a church family, our goal this year is to have $350,000 given above and beyond the tithe, above and beyond to build the kingdom of God, uh, above and beyond what is given to. And this is going to be a combination of people giving monthly. I'm on the last page of my notes, by the way, if you're wondering. So some of you are like, that doesn't mean anything. That's a trick. Okay. Um, but $350,000 for us is just our goal. That's what we would like to help. It's what we feel prayerfully that God has kind of just put in our hearts. And um, this will be a combination of people giving monthly, which is kind of what this little thing is about. Throughout the year, we also have specific projects that we throw at you and uh, have opportunities to give. You know, last year when, when stuff happened with Florida and and Ukraine, we had specific opportunities for people to give to that. That's all, that's all kingdom builder stuff, but we have opportunity. And so for me, like, I just want you to take this home. I want you to pray about it. I want you to have conversation with your spouse or with whatever that looks like for you. And um, on the back of this, there's also a place we, we like to get feedback. This, this card helps us get feedback. And so you would write your location, but it says this, after reading through the Kingdom Builders book, that's this thing, what are the kingdom, what area of Kingdom Builders are you most passionate about? And you can check a box, global, local, or the future generation. Uh, And then it has, what two global, local, or future projects are you most drawn to? We like to get a little bit of just an idea of the way that people in our church family are thinking when it comes to this type of stuff. If everyone is like, we love this, and we have nobody that you know, cares about that, we just we want to do the things that we care about as a church and that type of stuff, if that makes, if that makes sense, okay? Um, yeah, and so that's it right there. You ready? Will you stand with me all over this place? Music team, will you please come? You're like, are you ready? What does that mean? Ready for what are we doing? <laughs> Again, I just feel the need to say this over and over and over again. I, I do not, I sincerely do not want you to give out of feeling guilty or feeling manipulated. Like, if you feel any of that, then, then you, like, don't respond that way. Prayerfully, If you are serious about your relationship with God, I do ask that you prayerfully say, God, how would you have me handle my money this year? That's really the question. God, do you want me to spend all of my money on myself? I dare you to pray that prayer and see how you feel there. That's not me bringing you guilt. But if you're seriously praying that and you desire to follow God, I don't think that's, never mind. God, we we come to you today with our hearts wanting to lean into you in ways like never before. God, we understand that some of this is complicated. We have families that have people who sincerely desire to give, but maybe there's another piece of the family that is not so excited about this and that creates all sort of complexity and God, we understand that. 
but our heart, our hearts, God, are what we want to be sincere and pointed at you. Your kingdom, God, your kingdom come, as we even see in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, and we want to be a part of that. And I, and I just pray that we would humbly open our hearts to allowing you to maybe speak and challenge us and show us things. And so, God, we just give this to you, Lord. We truly do in your name.